0: Welcome to Fireteam Chat, IGN's Destiny Show. This is an extra special episode. Joining me today is Paul Tassie from Forbes. Had to come back for it. That's right. And Ty guy Travis is back.
1: McClunky. Oh my God. Hearing you say welcome to Fireteam Chat is like stepping into a warm bath,
0: Destin. Feels it so good. It is great to see one of you again, and <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's great okay. to see you both again. Uh, we had a big reveal today, so we're doing an extra special episode of Fireteam Chat. We're going to be talking about the big Witch Queen reveal that just happened. We're going to be talking about Season of the Lost, the the final expansion in the Light Saga, and uh, yeah, well, let's get right into it. So Witch Queen was revealed. What What's your reaction to it? What's your hype level at? Paul, where are you landing?
2: I'm gonna go with like a like a nine and a half. <laughs>
0: that's fair, <laughs> almost that's
2: fair. almost perfect, minus a few key things. But ultimately, I am very satisfied with it, and uh, it was a very good show. And I'm I'm really excited to dive into both the new season and to look forward to it in February.
1: Travis. Yeah, I'm a nine. Uh, IGN doesn't do a, t- a twenty point system anymore, so uh, I have got to choose a, a full number. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would say a nine. Like it, it's it's a it, it it was a great show. It mapped out everything they want to do in the future, and it showed us some really cool stuff there. Only thing that isn't a ten is because I just have so many questions about stuff that's happening, and also the leaks took a little bit of wind out of their sails. If you're like me and you uh, saw like you know eighty percent of what they showed today in the leaks, but other than that, it was. It's cooler awesome. in person. Like once they're actually
2: <laughs> showing true. it, and it's not some a hole just leaking it.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it's much better. better. This way. Uh, yeah. I loved yeah. I loved everything that they showed today. I love how they sort of went back and showed a lot of fan reactions over the years, and just how much Destiny has meant to people for the react for the uh, reveal itself. And my personal reaction, I'm more around an eight. Honestly, I want to I want to see more. I'm still excited. But uh, I I'm definitely at an eight. Good to see Galahorn come back. Excited about the new character, uh, Sabathun. Finally, see- well, not new, but seeing Sabathun for the first time with her creepy crown, as you can see in my background here. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, really really into it. But uh, weapon crafting, like I'm I'm probably more excited about than anything. Any quality of life improvements that they're making, so. Um, season of the lost, Travis, that's going to be going until the 22nd when this launches. Whoa. It's a big boy. Yeah, that is a big boy. That's
1: a long season. Uh, it sounds like halfway through it's going to get a little bit of padding through the 30th anniversary edition and maybe they have some other surprises but it is uh, a bit of a of a long track and I think we kind of all knew this was coming right like they mm-hmm. they delayed it for a reason they're not going to spend time on like more content that is essentially filler uh, till the witch queen so. I think, I think we were expecting this, but yeah, it's a long one so far. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to jump in and play, but the new activity is pretty interesting. The story it seems really awesome and, and they're they're not pulling any punches with how much setup they're going to do in the season in terms of like getting us all the way to the point where Witch Queen is just like ready to to ruin us. We're, we're knocking down the final dominoes in her plan to uh, grab power, uh, which is really cool. But have, have you guys had a chance to play at all?
0: I was able to play the beginning and I got through the main setup scene and then I'm about to go do the event. So that is the point where I had to stop and record the show with you guys.
2: Didn't have to do the cute. Yeah, I'm (laughs) uh, as far into it as I guess I can be for the moment, at least on one character. Uh, I haven't really started down the exotic quest that they gave us right at launch here. Uh, But I did the intro. I did the, I guess there's kind of two different types of seasonal missions. There's one that's like the six man and then there's one that's kind of a, a solo ascendant realm journey kind of puzzle mystery thing um i think you can do that with three people but uh i i we won't get into spoilers this too early it's just i am very happy with how it opens (laughs) based on something i had (laughs) been predicting for quite a long time uh so i thought that was very cool i do feel like there's a little bit of like weirdness here where we just we saw the stuff from the witch queen and then now like Sabathune is a key part of the story and we're like (laughs) Should we be doing all this stuff? Because I feel like yep. this is not going to pan out very well. <laughs> but I guess that's kind of the central mystery is, you know, can we trust Sabathune? And like, are we a thousand percent sure that Sabathune is the true villain of the Witch Queen? I don't think we are. So, you know, who knows? Anything's possible.
0: I don't know. They spend yeah, all the game, <laughs> <laughs> spent
2: all this time on the yard. She's in the yard. I mean, she's and she looks scary. So she must be the the bad. I mean, the whole, the lesson we've been learning all season is that our our enemies can become our allies? So, I could I Terrific. just foresaw the next year of me being like the Sabbathian apologist, and then she's going to like stab us in the back, and I'll look like an idiot. But
1: <laughs>
0: expect the what, unexpected. What,
1: I'm wondering what we're actually fighting in this uh, this Witch Queen expansion because if if the traveler chooses the hive as well and gives them light and 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 that sort of thing, like what is our beef with? with the hive at that point, like, well, doesn't she take of... the light? Isn't it not like the trail? Well, we're using it too. Yeah. We're using it too. And but I, it I mean, I, we, we still, us. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. still don't know exactly. It's, it says in the trailer that she stole it from us, but we still have it. So it, it's she not cloned it. exclusive.
2: It's like, like LimeWire, where you 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 copy it. It's a peer, <laughs> she cloned peer to peer. it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, in in the in the PaySpin leaks.
0: Hey there. So it seems Travis decided to reference PaySpin, which uh, spoiled a whole bunch of stuff for people. So we're going to edit it out here and then roast him appropriately. I don't really Why, care well, about hold orcs. up. Why would you not talk about this the leak from what's happening today? But you're going to talk about the PaySpin stuff for next season, <laughs> Travis? I'm just
1: saying. A lot of it, a lot of it, no, not for, obviously, we don't know if it's true. A lot of stuff in the leak didn't, didn't happen. So clearly like, you know, there was, there was some telephone happening or just people, they changed their plan. So who knows? I'm, I'm just saying a lot.
0: Most of, that. <laughs> most of the stuff that's been leaked isn't real, but we'll, we're going to we'll bleep see. that part, but no more pace, no more pace bennies.
2: I never want to hear the okay. word pastebin again for the next like year. I'm just gonna call moratorium on <laughs> Yeah, right, if, if you
0: don't know, uh, somebody leaked like a bunch of stuff and sort of spoiled the surprise. So that's what we've been alluding to during the show. I thankfully was not spoiled, Travis. So I we're was. gonna make sure that yeah. you guys aren't also. But let's talk about the the actual reveal and what we saw in the trailer. Sorry for giving you such a hard time on that one. But uh All good. The the Lucent Hive Guardians are coming basically, they have ghosts. We don't know why they have ghosts, and you destroy their ghosts to murder them. (laughs) I guess we learned something from Cade's death after all, (laughs) right? Uh, I love that animation. I am really, really interested in how they got our abilities and how that whole narrative path is going to unfold. The story is one of my favorite things about Destiny. Like, I still do my dumb montages of the whole season, you know, just for fun, because I want to know the path that it took for us to get here and knowing that this entire saga is going to wrap up further down the way. I'm very, very interested in what are these hive guardians? What's going on? What is Savathun up to, especially with her ties to the current season? So
2: my, my favorite thing about it for sure is, is the fact that it's not only that they got the light because like I, that was one of the things I had spoiled for me. Like, you know, Savathun gets the light, but what I was not expecting was, Uh, the fact that it's not just that they they're like our classes and they have our they have like the void shields that ricochet and they have fire knives and like if you look at the the teaser art for the season there there's like three i think there's like three types of hive guardians that are like going to be new enemies and they're based off titan warlock and hunter very clearly like what is a hood on like come on yeah (laughs) so i'm i think that that's a very cool kind of aspect to this because for a long time now we we've always wondered like could there be like um AI guardian enemies or something like that, that we fight uh, that are, it's like an enemy faction or something, but now they're putting, you know, just on the ground enemies with light powers. So like, how does facing off against the hive uh, in its super go? Like, is that just going to utterly destroy us? Like, I'm curious what the counterplay is to that and how they kind of balance that with the ghost killing too.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, you know what aspect I like the Uh, fact that we're getting void aspects (laughs) and we're going to be able to have light uh, changes to the light subclasses. Travis, what was your reaction to seeing that?
1: Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's something they've actually talked about, but it seemed to me like it was further down the road, like maybe we wouldn't be getting it with Witch so I was really happy to hear that that's happening because that that whole conversation of having parity between the light subclasses and the darkness subclass, which maybe is subclasses, they didn't talk about it today, but there've been rumors for a long time about there being, you know, other darkness classes. Um, and you can also we also kind of know that it's happening by the way they're doing weapons. I don't know if you guys looked at the TWAB last week, but the fact that they're putting stasis in the primary slot and keeping it separate kind of shows that they're going to have a three and three situation. But uh, I was really weirded out I got a stasis
2: hand cannon today in from a job yeah. I'm like, oh god, what's, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: It's super, it's super weird. So I, I think there's probably going to be another another info drop where they talk about other subclasses they're adding but yeah i think that's great um and i mean i like like paul said i'm really interested to see how we interact with light su- subclass using hive my big question is do we have to get close and kill their ghosts with our hands every time or are we going to be able to kill it with like a sniper shot because i have questions about that and then there's also lore questions like Ghosts aren't supposed to be able to be killed with regular bullets, so how can I we kill it with the whole fist? Ghost, I just, kill a fist? I can't do ghost lore again. <laughs> yeah, like I know we've talked about this Nessy on the show question. before, but I just have, this is like one of the areas where I have a lot of questions that kind of make me just like, yeah like uh, get caught up in it and before the hype carries me away well uh, i didn't see the
0: guardians using a ton of light abilities until they talked about the aspect part so i'm curious there there must be a, a narrative there they actually focused a lot on the new weapon the the glaive which looks sick by the way a yeah. first person sort of melee weapon a little bit different from the sword which stationed in the third person uh and you're going to be able to build it like right away. I even guess I'm like, you're going to build it, aren't you? And they said, yes, because I thought of lightsabers right away with kyber c- crystals. Travis, you know, the star Wars lore more than I do, but sure uh, do. yeah, I, kyber I love bro. that. They're sort of implementing something like that. Some, uh, uh, tie to your character getting stronger and, and, uh, having a connection with the weapons that they build. So let's talk about the glaive specifically, Paul, starting with you, what do you think of this new, new piece of gear?
2: It's hilarious because like I, um, I've been waiting for them to introduce like a new melee weapon this whole time because they keep saying like these really big hints about like all future like third person weapons won't be able to three peek and mm-hmm. then they introduce a melee weapon and it's first person. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> uh, I I like the fact that it's an energy weapon, not a power weapon, so that seems like something that will be able to. I mean, you could theoretically have a stasis one for that slot, so it, will, it doesn't have to just be in the one slot. Um, and uh, the fact that you can do kind of combos with it with the the melee stuff. The only thing that was a little weird, I thought, was the the fact that it shoots like a little energy beam, which seemed a little it seemed a little weak. I don't know. It, it's something about that part was off. Pew, uh, pew. And yet, yeah, that was just kind of odd animation wise. <laughs> but it might it might not be done yet. But the actual like melee part of it and like skewering things. I'm hoping this is leading us to a Monte Carlo catalyst where we can skewer things uh, with the Monte Carlo because not the animation, but <laughs> Um, I, I, this, this was, uh, unexpected except for Tom Warren who ruined this for me uh, about an hour before launch, but that was one of the things I, I hadn't heard about. And it's, it's a genuinely surprising new weapon type because when you think of stuff like this, you're kind of thinking in boxes, like, okay, a sawed off shotgun or something, or, you know, like my eternal hammer theory, like that would have been a third, third person weapon, no doubt. So a first person melee weapon is a very kind of outside the box, um, Departure that I was not expecting
0: for sure. They need more base drops to to emphasize the oomph that this weapon's going to have when you're in combat. Travis, <laughs> Travis, what did you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I guess my main questions were obviously about PvP with the way I play the game, and so my questions were more like, does the does the ranged blast is it more like a shotgun or is it more like a fusion rifle? It kind of looked like a fusion rifle, and I'm wondering if it'll be. They said mid range, but I'm kind of wondering what what the interplay is there because there's sort of a history of halo of combining melee and shooting, you know, everybody knows like the VXR from halo two, where you could shoot them and then really quickly melee them. Uh, so I'm wondering if there's going to be, uh, some ability to do that and kind of how, how it's going to work in PVP. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always excited when they introduce new, uh, and, and innovative types of weapons, because I think that's something that Destiny really is sorely lacking. There's tons of weapons, but there's only so many archetypes. And so you kind of start to see the same weapons over and over again. And, and I think this is a great way to refresh the sandbox. I'm also just kind of surprised by how much we're getting in this expansion. Like we're getting a new weapon type. We're getting uh, the the gun crafting system. We're getting the raid and the campaign and then the legendary campaign, which we haven't even talked about uh, and all that stuff. And it just seems like usually... When an expansion comes out, we get one thing. We will get like a new subclass that's like the big selling point, and then you know, Forsaken, we got the bow and and some some a smaller subclasses unlocked. Um, but this one, they're really just going all out. So, well,
0: uh, I'm even even more generally speaking, Travis, how do you feel about the fact that you're going to be crafting weapons? I mean, that's part of the glaive, right?
1: Yeah, I mean that I, I I have a lot of questions about that that I've I've actually proposed on the show that they add like weapon crafting where you can kind of choose your perks and that sort of stuff. My idea was make it really hard like make like gate it behind trials flawless wins or something like that. But uh glad they didn't uh, do that. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I mean, I guess. I if I still think it would be it would be cool. But um it, my questions are like how how do you determine how strong you're allowed to make it. It sounded like you're kind of leveling it up by use and and then maybe you can add more points. But I'm really interested in in how how that actually works. If you're if you're like putting stat points into range and and that sort of stuff or if you're uh, just getting to choose the mods and and kind of how that works uh, that that'll be really interesting to me. But yeah, yeah, like I just have way like a lot of stuff with this reveal. I have way more questions than uh, than I than I yeah than answers.
0: I, I'm in the exact same boat with weapon crafting, Paul. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean
2: that probably opens up the most questions of anything because the first thing I thought of when they talked about like oh this is going to be combat leveling, so like you know the the more use the more powerful we get. But I that just made me think of Destiny One where it's like. It dropped with perks, and then you level it up to unlock the perks. And yet that was sort and of just blight. a slower system of what we have now. So I assume there's going to have to be like, okay, you can like pick which perk you want to pursue. And then you have to go down this this path, you know, to get to that perk. I feel like they can't go all the way to like, you can pick your range and impact and, and reload stats on every weapon. Because that that would make balancing like impossible. If every weapon was like, had every stat... Fully customizable, but like I would imagine, like you can like pursue the masterwork you want, or the barrels you want, or you know all the the columns of perks and things like that. So I I can see it kind of being like a longer way around target farming. Like I, it's clear they're not getting rid of random rolls entirely, but like if you can't get the drop you want, at least you know you can make progress towards like your dream version of a weapon. I assume it's just going to take a really long time, and I hope. For the love of God, this is not monetized in any way. I assume it won't be, and yet so, yeah. we got Transmog. But um <laughs> because, it's so, because it's tied to weapon power and, and right. usability, I, I really doubt it will be.
0: But right away, I thought, oh, no, synth weave, you
2: know, yeah, like yeah. immediately. Weapon synth, yeah. yeah. I, I I can't imagine them doing that, but um, I am very curious to see how it pans out in practice.
1: One thing I would really like is if if they allowed this weapon crafting system to take – Roles that you got that are maybe near God rolls and change one thing about them, right? So maybe like change the stat allocation of like one thing or change one mod to another one or or not even change it and choose what you're changing it to, but give it another chance to roll and maybe only make it so you can reroll it one time or you can change one thing on a weapon because that's a big problem with Destiny uh, people who are grinding. End game stuff is they'll get like a near perfect role that just has one thing off and it completely ruins the entire role and i would like it if they use this opportunity to kind of allow people to hedge their bets and and get a, a little bit more leniency on on farming god rolls because that is a big problem for well, uh like wouldn't that player. wouldn't they just be
2: calling that like re-rolls like i feel like the fact that they're calling this weapon crafting and there's like a crafting station like i feel like it has to be more complicated than just kind of rerolling one perk or something or grinding out the ability yeah to one I, perk I i, I think
1: 100 yeah i think 100 percent it will be like a full crafting system i'm just saying maybe they could use this opportunity mm. to kind of address some of the other issues and and but yeah you're right I, I think it will probably be like complete from the ground up uh weapon crafting and then that leads another question of like are the weapons that you craft going to be competitive with god rolls that just drop or are they you know, I just I have a lot of questions about where they fit into the sandbox. Can you craft any weapon or only specific ones that are, can be crafted? Right, is the whole they, weapon system moving to this?
2: Because like they talked about when yeah. all all of the new weapons they said are, and then they said they're going to bring back old weapons. So like, are we sunsetting again without calling it sunsetting? Technically, yeah. are yeah. we just going to yeah. have like the random drop perk rolls, and then everything in the future will be crafted? Um, I don't know. I don't think we know enough about it to say that that's definitively good or bad, but I can see that happening.
0: Well, Paula, it could be a whole infusion mechanic rework. If that's the case, instead of infusing everything, you just level it up over time. And like that, that could allude to the fact that they are looking at that system and making some changes. Yeah. I don't know. And then like, is it going to work like necrochasm where the gun would sort of shift through the different levels and level up to an exotic eventually, or something like that, you know, too many questions. Before we get too far ahead, I do want to bring up, uh, Sabathun's throne world. It's going to be a destination. And we all knew that old Chicago was coming, but this trailer makes it look like she's actually, or Sabathun is actually manipulating reality. So is this her throne world? Is this old Chicago? What are your thoughts, Travis? You know more about the lore.
1: Yeah. Uh, Paul and I talked about this before the show and I think what we both had kind of assumed is that they took the idea of old Chicago and maybe some of those assets they worked on and they just reworked it. And so it's not going to be an old Chicago. It's, it kind of seemed like the whole surrounding area was within her own, uh, kind of a location of her creation. And so, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if we're getting old Chicago, which um, you know, I'm a little bummed about because there was some, you know, potential for like giant alligators and stuff like that. <laughs> maybe we'll frogs. still get that in the throne the world. Or, yeah, was it giant frogs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh I always think of alligators and swamps. But yeah, uh giant frogs and stuff like that. I would still like to see it maybe in this environment. I don't know if we'll get it though. So um, but yeah, I mean what we saw was really cool. The giant castle was awesome. Uh the the interesting um pyramid that's like broken down will be uh, kind of interesting to see it because I, I don't think it's a real pyramid it's like her her metaphorical representation of a pyramid in her throne world unless she literally brought one in there throne uh, worlds that's are very my, confusing yeah, yeah throne worlds are very confusing but that is my guess of that's where the raid is it's going to be like in that uh that pyramid inside her her throne world would be my guess
0: well we don't really understand the darkness they like we have the darkness but it's still so i don't feel like it was totally explained very well the pyramid thing yeah um i mean if that was really it it's just like you get stasis now then i'm pretty bummed out that that's that was the conclusion of the pyramid ships i i hope there's more to them than what we've learned thus far
2: well the light bulb Logo is a pyramid ship. So I think mm, yep. hopefully, we'll, I, I, I'm guessing they will be the main focus of, of that expansion, though this eternal, you know, other race that's going to come in and invade is seems like kind of a pipe dream. um Yeah, I, I agree with Travis. I 100% believe that this was Old Chicago and they converted it to a Throne World. I don't know why exactly they did this. Maybe just for story reasons. Maybe they just thought that worked better. Maybe they thought Old Chicago would be kind of too similar to the EDZ like there's already kind of a overgrown earth worlds. And I think it allows for more kind of fantastical situations where like, yeah, sure. everything was a giant super castle and there's a crash pyramid over here. We're like explaining how all that got to old Chicago might be too much work when like mm-hmm. they could probably use a ton of, you know, whatever they were going to do for old Chicago and just kind of convert it into this. So that's, that's my guess to what happened here. Uh, and I, it it looks really cool. It, it looks like another kind of classic, um, eerie destiny environment. I, w- I was getting a lot of dreadnought vibes from it. Like they were all yeah. talking about like the mysteries yeah. and like, I think they're trying to recapture that kind of spooky magic of the dreadnought, um, with this kind of thing. So
0: for sure. Uh, okay. So I think we've covered off on a lot of the major stuff, except for one thing universally, like there's no way anybody wouldn't like this. Uh, I don't think anybody is saying it's a negative, but trials is getting matchmaking the best thing to happen to destiny <laughs> probably since trials launched uh paul you were the happiest about this why don't you tell people why they should be excited about trials matchmaking
2: uh yeah i guess someone tuned into one of our past debates and sided with the (laughs) correct side on that um pretty much i see no downside to this because all it is going to do is dramatically increase the trials population and they paired this with the ability that they are now mostly focused on completions and round wins so like well, I assume there's still cards, but like your, your your actual card status won't matter as much. And yet it still does matter because if you want to go flawless, if you want the most efficient path toward gear, if you want adept stuff and all those rewards, you still have to pretty much do the same thing. So for those people, you're just kind of probably facing an easier pool because there's going to be more people in it. For the people who didn't have matchmaking before, now you have no reason to jump in because at least you might win a round or two and you'll definitely complete games. So this will be some sort of marching path toward loot, even if it's not the best in activity loot. So in theory, this sounds like just a perfect manifestation of what I was hoping to see. But obviously we have to see how it works in practice. I don't think it cheapens trials. I think this is something the mode needs or it was going to starve itself to death uh, with a low player base.
0: Yeah, so for me, uh, because I don't think anybody's going to say anything negative about this at all, for me, I'm very glad that this is here. I'm glad that more people are going to be able to get into trials Um, and clicking that install button on BattleEye never felt so good. (laughs) I hope it addresses the problem of hacking because that was the, the major issue. I think anytime the community is going out of its way to make LFGs, to make tools that Allow you to facilitate what is basically matchmaking. I feel like Bungie should be providing that service to the community, and now they are. So I, I think it's a good thing. But Travis, let's hear your positive take.
1: I do have some positive takes about this. I don't th- <laughs> I don't think it's completely terrible. I okay. do think I, I like a lot of other stuff, I have questions, and I think that the questions I have are most serious about this decision because I think that it opens the gateway for a lot of new problems that are equally as bad as the ones we've had. So I'll talk about the positive stuff first. Um, they add, They're adding the ability to keep playing on a card that has three losses. I think that's a great idea. I think that should have always been the rule, uh, that, that you, can, you can get to seven wins and get any rewards therein. Uh, they're getting rid of the token system and replacing it with drops. I think that's great. Um, they are... Uh, doing anti-cheat finally i think that is long overdue for the pc community and they're also um, requiring the yearly expansion to play which i think uh allows them to do stuff with that mode that they weren't able to do because it was part of the free model so far um which, which I, I i think you know obviously it puts a barrier of entry but the other stuff they're doing to sort of open up the mode it, it hopefully counterbalances it awesome. and they're banning All the recoveries That's right. Yeah, they're. That's a big.
2: That's a big thing that they didn't really say they were going to do, but that's interesting.
1: What? What did they do?
2: Uh, ban like account recoveries, so like people would like log in and like yeah on like a crappy account, and then like match with people they shouldn't match with and get rewards a lot easier. So
0: yeah, it's kind of
2: been a big annoyance for a while now.
0: All great points, yeah. Travis. So let's move on to the raid. No,
1: no, not done yet. Not done yet. <laughs> oh. So I, I do have major concerns about this decision. And, and I, and I agree with Paul that like the player base problem needed to be addressed. I don't think this is, was the only solution to it. I think you could have just like fixed a few key things that made trials a hit in the, um in the, the D one days and also cross play would have already kind of fixed a lot of the player base issues because you're not spread out across all the different platform platforms that Destiny supports. So I think a lot of this probably would have could have been fixed in other ways. The problems I have with matchmaking are how is it going to work? Like am, am I matching every match and I just me personally have to get to the lighthouse and and I'm not sticking with the same group or is it keeping me in the same group unless somebody leaves as I go through the whole trials thing? Uh, the thing that LFG does have an advantage of is you can vet people, including vetting people who don't have mics because you need mics to make call outs and trials. And without the mics, things get really dicey, really quick. And if you go into a match system, Travis, did you know, you you
0: can still use the LFG. You don't have to use matchmaking.
1: I know I obviously can, but I'm just, I'm just saying that. So you're going to win. You're going to kick butt because you have your mic. If I go up against those people, we still don't know how the playlists are divided. Am I going to go up against people who are quick matched, or am I only going to go up against people who have full teams, or are there going to be three separate playlists, or solo queues, duo queues, plus one out there? I just there's there's I have a ton of questions about how this works, and then on top of that, there's just the whole there's the history of trials for people like me who have really attached themselves to this mode and had a certain experience that you kind of had to go out of your way to have, but it was really cool. It's very similar to raids in that regard. Like it's, it's tough putting that raid team together and going through it, but it's such a special experience when you play it that, that way that it, it makes it worth some of the hurdles you have to go through trials was that mode at one point. It hasn't been for a while and I get why they're doing this, but it does seem like, I think there's going to be other issues that arise of this. And I don't think it's going to fix trials as a game mode. Just, you know, just like that. It's going to, it's going to, you know, night or, night and day. Um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, I well, wait. I, part of, part I did is sad. Sorry. That, Travis. That it's, that it's, yeah.
0: But go ahead. Well, I do want to say, I do think it is going to be night and day because of the other changes that you mentioned. We're getting cross play. There's going to be more players in the pool. I think for people like you who have your crew that you're going to run with, you're probably going to have a little bit easier of an experience if you get match made with them. I I would guess that it is one pool and it just figures it out in the back end. I know currently for comp, they have the survival playlist for solo queues and then you can just queue in the regular playlist. I have adored that. I can just hop in, get my matches done, get my seven wins and bounce out if I want to or if I want to uh, you know, really go in on it. I can get pretty high into the ranks and then look for Matt for the crew that I want to run to take myself to to legend or whatever. I've really enjoyed what they've done with the comp playlist, and it just sounds like they're fleshing that out to two trials. Now, I hope there is a differentiation between going flawless and going flawless on a lost card that that's the only thing that I hope is retained.
2: Like By definition, the, you can get the on a yeah. lost card. I don't think it, I, you can get the seven wins, but you yeah. can't you can go flawless. Won't wins. Go yeah. lighthouse. You not go to the lighthouse. So that's yeah. an entirely separate thing. So I think it retains that.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious yeah. how that's going to work more than anything. Like, sure, you can keep playing on a lost card. You can get your seven wins. Do they get to go to the lighthouse? No. No.
2: That's not a question. They don't.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a question. Then it's, say, then it's fine. Said, then in, it's my mind,
2: in my mind, if someone is like seven and thirty, like give them the seven win loot. Like, yeah. Who cares? Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> and I
1: think I think you're right that like if if trials is like night and day, it will be because of the other changes, not because of matchmaking. I well, think it's compounding. In the end is. Yeah, I, I think it might be a detractor in certain ways. I mm. think it might it might. Change I just don't see how it's a detractor because if you
2: care enough about mics and like a coordinated group and stuff, you're probably not going to be doing the matchmaking part anyway. Like you're probably still going to run with your. What am I going to be with those LFG.
1: groups? Am I going to play with those groups or is it going
0: to against be them? Like, why battle? do you care if you well, let's, against if, them? <laughs> if you get match made against the same type of groups, then your experience hasn't changed. If you get match made against the solo queues who are going in solo, you're going to stomp them probably. And then you get like an easy fun win. Are you just worried it's going to be too
1: hard? It's probably still going to be
0: hard. Yeah. Are you worried and, it's going to be like too easy? Probably-
1: I'm, I'm just saying like the people who go in the solo playlist, if they're getting a different experience from the people that are in crews and there's like the crews are just like the ultra sweaties and it's a very different experience. I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, all right, well, then I will intentionally won't crew up or I'll just get mm-hmm. a team of two so that I can go through this easier survival playlist. And that that means that the the old way of doing things is essentially dead because there's it would just be I'm sure there will be something wrong with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's just a lot of slime and but yeah. I,
2: I do think it has the potential for more positives than negatives,
1: but as, I I agree. It has the potential. It's just I I'm extre- I'm pretty concerned about this, but I'm not 100% like, "Oh, trials is dead." Like I'm I'm not like a naysayer. I'm just saying that as somebody who's really enjoyed the mode when it has worked in the past, I think they could have made all the changes on this list without Matchmaking and fix ninety percent of the problems. Cheating is the biggest one. Let's be honest, and that yeah, I mean that's finally getting getting worked on. So,
0: well, yeah. I, I respect hearing your side of it, Travis, and hearing your concern because I do think you speak for that uh, community that is sort of worried about the purity of trials. I'm the one that wrote the article that said I think this redefines matchmaking, <laughs> and uh, I do stand by that. Nothing like trials had been available at the time. It was it's a phenomenal experience. And with all the cheating and everything, that has been tarnished for so long. I absolutely welcome this coming back. Now, in addition, as somebody who has probably queued more solo matches in Survival than you have, the worst part of the experience is when you get paired with somebody who's just a jerk and really rude and um, just gets toxic. Um, and I and otherwise the gamut is you get paired with OK teams sometimes and sometimes you get paired with great teams. You never really know what you're going to get. Sometimes it feels like the balancing is a little bit off. But for the most part, I really have enjoyed Survival Solo and like it's been great. It's been great but you, you just got to take the good with the bad with it. Isn't yeah. LFG but, too, nothing's going mean, to be perfect.
2: That happens all the time in LFG. Getting yeah. like but with, bad but L- toxic
1: people but with LFG, you can just dip out of that group. If you're in matchmaking and you're on, you're on the seventh match and you just happen to get matched with somebody who's bad. It ruins your entire card.
2: That's what so I don't understand. Kind of, like, I yeah. think we need to know more minutes. about how it works. Yeah, it, so that's that my happen? question. Like, that's I guess people know until Friday, it,
1: but it, or like if somebody leaves, like if you're matchmade with somebody and they don't have a mic, you can't reliably like understand that they're going to have enough time for seven matches or more if there's losses or whatever. And yeah. and if that person leaves and gets replaced with somebody who's bad, I just see like lots of frustration out of the system, especially if they're matchmaking every match. Because then it's the way be the way to the I draw. see
2: trials management working is like it's more for being a loot farm rather than you thinking you're going to get anywhere deep into a card. That's just, I, I I think it's a it's for grinding, somewhat painfully to get loot at a level you couldn't before because of the changes. Um, and the, but if you're like serious business, like I really want to go far on this card, like you probably should still LFG. <laughs> I was <laughs> for the reasons
0: you said. I was already I doing that, that with LFG though, so like now right. it's just built into the game. That's why I see it as a good thing, you know, because I'm either going to go on the PC LFG and LFG that way. Now I can just click a button on the game and have my whatever experience. It's and so I have bad. had I have had terrible experiences, usually with Raid LFG, and I have had the best experiences ever on Raid LFGs. So I, I think no matter how it's implemented, it's good that it's implemented and that they're trying it and they can sort of refine from here. know eventually you got to try something we've
2: spent as much time on trials matchmaking as we did like all of witch queen (laughs) it's it's a huge mode we feel about it
0: it's a huge (laughs) mode we know more about trials and with witch queen they're being purposefully vague to build up you know more anticipation (laughs) about the story but let's talk about a few of the things that they did mention they mentioned there's a new dungeon uh or raid content every season for at least the next year i think they said a raid every three months didn't they travis
2: it's of raid or dungeon every three raid years. or, dungeon, or dungeon every three, three months. months, but it's season. looped into the deluxe thing, which is its own that's right. question. How yeah. uh, yeah. how you feeling about that price, Dustin?
0: Oof, hundred dollars. <laughs> I I legit told Travis. I'm like, uh, that's a little pricey. But you it you pricey, get a, yeah. you get a lot of content, even if you get the digital edition. Um, I, the physical edition must be a little bit more to get the creepy ghost, right? It's two fifty. Yeah. So the physical is two fifty. I don't know, man. It's a hundred bucks. That's a lot. But it's it's a whole year.
1: It's let's be
0: honest. It's what three hundred hours of content, probably. I mean, it's a year worth of stuff to do in a video game if you like it. So I understand that the value proposition is there, but still, seeing that hundred dollar price tag, it's a tough pill to swallow. Let's talk about that. Like, what what were your reactions?
2: I mean, I've been been saying forever that I think seasonal content is almost underpriced for $10.
0: You're the reason.
2: (laughs) Especially lately uh, with the kind of seasons we've been getting. So, and again, it's not like they just doubled the price of the seasons. This is like an optional, like, pack that gets you two dungeons and the Galarhorn and, I don't know, some armor sets and some other stuff. I don't know if the reprise raid is with that or not. I don't remember, but... um. So it's it's kind of an optional pack. And that said, I, I understand pushback on the other side where it's like, okay, now we're paywalling like individual dungeons, and that's like some of the best content in Destiny. And also, like, you know, we still have you know, Destiny's now one of the most monetized games, you know, on every front. The only thing it doesn't have anymore is loot boxes. So, you know, th- would I love for them to just be like, hey, let's just stop doing the whole pay for transmog thing because now we have this you know, mm-hmm. additional $30 thing you can do. Um, like, I, I think there's probably a little too many mechanisms all crammed into the game. That said, this specific one, I don't really mind. And when I think about it kind of at, you know, a thousand, a thousand feet, a $100 for a full year content of Destiny minus cosmetics, that seems fine to me. I, I mean, obviously any of us play Destiny probably enough to to warrant that. And I think a lot of people do too, even a lot of people that are complaining about it. So I that that alone like says to me, like, yeah, I do think seasons were underpriced before, but I understand why kind of this direction we're moving. Like first it was, you know, the, the expansion came with the season, then the expansion, the season was sold separately uh for, for the debut season. And now there's it's a hundred dollar pack for all this stuff. And I, I get why it appears uh, like this and people might be pushing back on it. And yet kind of fundamentally the value proposition for at least me. And I, I think for a good amount of people is probably going to make this worth it. Even if, you know, the details can be kind of argued about.
0: Uh, let me try and find the, they have a specific breakdown on the site. So the standard edition it's, uh, what is it, 30 bucks, Travis? You probably know the prices off the top of your head.
1: Uh, it's for like the anniversary 40 or 50, for, for not, the anniversary is $30. Okay, but that's standard edition,
0: app. comes with new campaign, and then they talk about stuff that's just, uh, new campaign, weapon crafting, glaive weapon archetype, new raid, exotic gear, new six-player activity, and then you instantly unlock the Throne World exotic ghost shell, uh, an exotic emote, and a legendary emblem. Then the next step up from that is the deluxe edition, which um, one's like seventy dollars? Yeah, which is seventy, and then the final one is a hundred. So the seventy-dollar version. Uh, You additionally get all that stuff. You get an exotic SMG, a catalyst, an ornament, access to seasons 16, 17, 18, and 19, two dungeons released in year five, and the Throne World Exotic Sparrow. And then the $100 version, you get the 30-year anniversary pack, in addition to all the stuff I said, which is a new dungeon, the Gjallarhorn Exotic Rocket Launcher Catalyst and ornament. And I think you get the actual rocket launcher. Uh, New weapons inspired by past Bungie worlds, Throne Armour... Yeah, thorn armor set, bungee streetwear ornament set, marathon-themed ornament set. That's really cool throwback, by the way. Yeah. And um, unique helmet ornament, exotic sparrows, exotic ship, emblems, shaders, emotes, and more. And then there's the $250 collector's uh, edition.
2: Okay, wait a minute. So that's better than I thought it was. So it's for $70. So the expansion is essentially $40, and then you're paying $10 a season. And Correct. that's just how you get the dungeons, the main dungeons. And then there's another okay. dungeon attached to the collector, uh, the, the the collector's edition. Anniversary. Yeah, so I I mean, certainly, like thirty dollars for the the collect for the anniversary thing is like you're probably got to be a pretty big Bungie fan or Destiny fan because that doesn't seem as worth it as like it's not going to be three quarters the content of like an expansion. It's it's only going to be a couple of things, however cool they are. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the are you like a real fan? Like you can get this, but seventy dollars doesn't seem that kind of out of the ordinary for you know a so, normal kind of season pass.
0: Okay, I'm looking on Steam right now. You can get the 30th anniversary pack just by itself for 24.99. You can get the Witch Queen for 39.99 and then at 79.99 and 99.99. I hadn't realized that you could just get a mix match of what you want. So if you want to pay for the seasons individually, but yeah. Uh and you're kind of right. I Like, I understand the value proposition, but seeing that price tag of one hundred (laughs) dollars, though, it's just it's it's a big number and uh, it's digital. So it it, it, I think it initially caught me off guard, but I'm going to play it for like three hundred hours. Like, I'm not I'm not exaggerating. Right.
2: And and we see deluxe editions of games all the time, but it's usually just like. Here's a bunch of extra physical crap, which, yeah. <laughs> which like I'd rather have stuff in game for that extra money than you know stuff that's actually valuable. Rather than and they still have that. You can get the two hundred fifty dollars ghost thing if you want, but you know t- it's not unusual to see you know eighty hundred dollar deluxe editions of games. This just so happens to be like really kind of core essential Bungie content that is mostly just kind of fun. And like I guess you can debate the dungeon and Gallahorn being paywalled or whatever, but.
1: I don't know if it's that big of a deal in the end. It, it it just seems a little outdated to me, their their model, because nowadays, if you have as many microtransactions in a game as Destiny, usually the game's free. Or, you, you know, it's, it's free, and then they sell you season passes, and then on top of that, they sell you uh, microtransactions, but they don't charge you for the it, base game. Destiny is this, free. This, this, the, it, the base version is free, but there's like so little before. is
2: actually free now. Now that they took exactly Red War yeah. out, like it, it, it yeah. was a very good deal for Red War and two DLCs and like all well, the old seasonal stuff. You guys but bring up a I, good I, point, I, actually. I what is
0: Well, wait, yeah, wait, let's let's finish that thought really quick, because you guys bring up a good point about the pricing and the fact that it is sort of free. What's going to change there? What's going to be added to Game Pass? What's going to be added free for all users on PlayStation and PC? Because are you really just going to leave that base package now that we have so many seasons gone by? When are those going to fall into the the free price box? And Travis, and what's sorry getting vaulted. You. Yeah, and then what's, <laughs> what's getting vaulted.
2: vaulted? They, I, I asked them and they said that they're not going to confirm or deny anything's being vaulted today. But like they're like draw your own conclusions, and I'm like that means they're vaulting something. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. They, they they will. Like we know we're losing all the seasonal content when Witch Queen hits, like all from this year. So yeah, that's I, all going I, away. I
1: I think Forsaken has to go away when Witch Queen happens because of the Dreaming City implications and what's happening. With I, Seven. I still don't think so. I still don't. I think, think so. I think I think Forsaken's going to get vaulted because it just doesn't Saken, make Forsaken
2: sense. needs to be the thing that's made free. It would be crazy if they didn't make Forsaken free. Like that's such a good
1: they're gonna add base it to the campaign. campaign to
2: give to people. Like, yeah. story-wise, I totally agree with you, but, like, content-wise, it really only makes sense to cut, I would say, the EDZ and almost nothing else. And then, I mean, Shadow maybe Nessus. But, like, I mean, Shadowkeep yeah. is, like, not as good as Forsaken, just generally, but, like, they, I, I can't imagine them getting rid of Forsaken before they make it free for, for free-to-play players. Like, that should have already happened, honestly. I think that should have
1: happened last year. So I, I would be amazed if they
2: Sunset Forsaken for giving that to New Light people.
1: Yeah, I, I think they probably end up vaulting stuff with Witch Queen because the game is getting bigger. They're going to they want to downsize it. And yeah, I, I think that's a foregone conclusion. But I, I will say, like, the, what I, my point is that they're they're charging us three different times. They charge you for the the every annual release, which is kind of the old model. Then they charge you for season passes on top of that, which is sort of a newer model, but usually the game is free and they just charge you season passes. And then on top of that, the game's full of microtransactions. So there's three separate ways they're asking players to pay for things and obviously some of them are optional you can get all the content you want but it's sort of beyond the price it just seems like the model itself is a little bit like damn there's just like so many ways to spend money on destiny Um, that's my only real problem with it but when it comes to value obviously 70 bucks for how much the average player plays destiny is more than enough it's really just my my the as the as the game adds more stuff that can be microtransacted like uh you know synth weave and, and all that stuff i'm i'm more just wondering okay like are we gonna get a break at some point like is there gonna be like a okay now we've pivoted to this new model so the old model goes away but they're they're kind of keeping both and they have for a long time that's my only real issue with the way they're doing things we also don't know about game pass there was a lot of uh kind of theorizing that because the Destiny show is happening the same day as Xbox Gamescom show that they were going to say, oh, and that new thing you just saw Bungie do, it's going to be on Game Pass. But that did not happen. So we, we yeah. don't really know what they're playing. It, it
2: we're, may we're, not be. I mean, I, I would assume we would have heard about that today between these two shows.
0: Well, so. hold up. We're recording on Tuesday and they have a showcase at 11 a.m. on Thursday. So we don't know.
2: Well, yeah, the showcase is very weird. So I don't know. It was it it weird. It's hard to gauge mm-hmm. what they're doing. So.
0: Um, the other the other thing we want to hit on, and th- these conversations have been great, you guys, so let's keep it rolling. Uh, the campaign's gonna have a legendary mode for the first time ever with exclusive rewards mentioned. I kind of love this giving you enhanced rewards for a harder version, but not leaving out people that want to play on an easier difficulty. They had this in Destiny one, it was great, and now it's back in Destiny 2. I don't know why it ever left. <laughs> Travis, what's your thought?
1: yeah my my hope is that uh it's not an end game content i hope that they just have two versions of the campaign that you can play as soon as witch queen drops and one is difficult but can be played at your your max level from the previous season and the other one is just uh, kind of a casual thing you can blow through really quickly because what i would like to do is play through the campaign and make it difficult and make it take me a while longer and kind of like work through it but then get like that satisfaction of like having the best loot and stuff at the end rather than the alternative which is you just play through the campaign you just blow through it and then you do a ton of grinding and then you go back and you play the legendary version when you're at max power uh because they that's sort of how the old legendary version used to work right like it was like an end game activity and you were replaying i would like the opposite to happen where it's just a much difficult much more difficult campaign a version of the campaign but you can play it at launch of the the campaign as your first experience that's how i would like to enjoy it so other than that though awesome i'm i'm like you i'm kind of shocked that this was ever something that wasn't in destiny campaigns in the past uh after, after uh all these years but um yeah I'm, i that's the way i'm gonna play it if i have any say in like my first experience i would like to play it on the harder difficulty and just like suffer with some of my uh fire team friends
0: trap or
2: paul Yeah. um, Two things came to mind when they brought this up is first, it's kind of everyone forgets that Halo originally had like kind of it was the thing to go through on all the different levels. Legendary, all skulls. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe we don't need like skulls or like modifiers now and things like that. And that would be kind of fun. But like even at a base level, a harder difficulty. So you can't just breeze through the whole campaign because like it's so easy every time now, like because it's it's made for players coming in just at the base power level, and then you're like, okay, well, the raid's going to be hard, but then the whole campaign is essentially just like a cakewalk. And then the second thing reminded me of are the Solstice of uh, Heroes missions they did way back when, the heroic ones, where they went back and they did heroic versions of a lot of the Red War missions. I thought that was really interesting, uh, and they I was really sad they never did it again. I, I'm guessing it was just a lot more work than just redoing the EAZ every year, but this is kind of what that sounds like, where it's like, okay, so there's going to be like... You know, a lot more orange bars, yellow bars, I'm assuming champions. Like, this just seems like a good way to kind of diversify a challenging selection of content without it necessarily just being like raid, 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 dungeon, 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 like, you know, GMs, GMs. Like, this seems like a, a new kind of thing you could do that maybe isn't as hard as, a G- like, I wouldn't really want to do a GM level campaign difficulty necessarily, like, but something kind of in between that and where we are now, where it's like, use any weapon any build doing anything you want and you will like sleepwalk through this you know at a certain point and that's this is why we always get to the end and it's like oh so and so was a story boss like you know Korya or whatever and like cuz there is no harder difficulty to take it on at so th- this I think is maybe kind of an underrated feature coming to the game and I hope they do that with all story content going forward
0: yeah i i i think it'll be quite big um the next topic Travis had was season of loss we covered that at the beginning of the show uh we haven't played too much so We'll leave that well, back there. That's good. I think
1: something we should talk about is the infinite ammo on primaries. that like, Oh you guys yeah. Just, that? just yeah, getting crazy. a few missions
0: of that. But I'm just like, it. finally, it was such a stupid mechanic. Honestly, but, like yeah. why not let your player do anything and just hide in a corner and wait for your ammo to respawn. It was, I'm very yeah. glad they made this change. It, it was a long time coming and I'm glad it's here.
1: Yeah. That just, it changed the entire experience for me. I was like, Oh my God, I don't have to like, manage my primer ammo i can just have a weapon that i know reliably i'm going to be able to use that and then i can focus on min maxing my special and power ammo like that felt like the way destiny should have been forever it was like so that's my only thing i wanted to make sure we talk about is like that's a huge change and it's going to affect pvp builds it's going to affect raid strategies and going into witch queen like i'm already sort of coming up with like what are my strats for just like you know maximizing the uh you know uh sweet business with infinite ammo just you know <laughs> and now that generates like speed. ammo finder stuff too so I, yeah. I think that's a big change yeah and with the uh the changes being made with the titan barrier the uh the one that that uh, you so many changes I, yeah. I i lost it's, track it's, yeah things are just i've been using, be I've
2: super been using nova warp like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it feels feels really good i like it a lot
0: <laughs> yeah Paul, you bring up it's going to be compounding so you're going to have the the titan shield you're going to have the ammo you know Mm -hmm. stuff that you can do with your abilities uh that's a really really good point travis uh but we also know when the conclusion of the light saga is going to end and it's going to end with the final shape it looks like we have the conclusion of this saga ending sometime in 2023 maybe by 2024
1: 2024. right
0: It's going to be in because
2: which queen is twenty two? It's going to be at least a year, so twenty three for Lightfall, twenty four for the final shape.
1: So then the conclusion would actually be in twenty five because it's going to take a full year for that to presumably, yeah. Okay,
0: and
2: so so, what was interesting is they said like Destiny two will continue past the light and dark saga. They didn't say Destiny would continue. They said Destiny two would continue. Yeah, so I worked to me that they might be making expansions for a new saga still using Destiny two as the base, which Mm -hmm. is like. I don't
0: know how I feel about that. <laughs> well, I, that's that's actually right where I wanted to go, Paul, because yeah. I was I was wondering what you guys thought about that. We look at World of Warcraft. It's they're coming up with all these new expansions, but it, it looks older. Right. And they're finally sort of uh, they're re- seeing a reduction in player base. And th- they were already on sort of that cl- decline. Can Destiny 2 continue all the way to 2025 and and see the player retention that they have over the years? I actually think they can because I think their engine is built in a little bit of a different way than those other games. Their engine can be updated, right? So we don't have to continually be playing on the current engine that we're playing on. We've already seen them do this at least once in the Destiny 2 life cycle, right? So I feel very confident that this game is going to be fine through 2025. But the question is, can they keep is the story going to keep stringing us along or are there going to be narrative bits that actually do see conclusions? Cause like, I want to see s- some part of the story conclude by witch queen and not just like, Oh, you killed the witch queen. Here's another big boss, you know, cause I feel like that is where the player fatigue is coming in with the, the narrative design.
2: Well, I, I don't even understand how destiny exists as a concept. If you get, get past the light and dark saga, like that's right. That's the whole universe. Like, the whole thing is light powers and dark powers. So, like, at that point, I would I feel like you would have to just, like, introduce, like, oh, surprise, some new enemy race is invading, and it has nothing to do with the pyramids or the traveler. Like, I, I don't know what you do. Like, maybe we're still using the light and darkness powers from before, but... I don't really know what you would do past that. I just I just want them to stop calling it Destiny two. I just want them to drop the two finally after Destiny, know, after the yeah. light and dark saga. Just please drop the two. Even if you're gonna keep in the same game, but don't do that's that just me as, as a headline writer, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Travis, what are your
2: thoughts?
1: Yeah, uh, I I so the the quote I wrote down is that they said um, the end of the darkness and light saga, but not the end of destiny 2. So mm-hmm. I, I think, I think they, they end the story that they've been telling over 10 years. And that's what they're talking about when they say it's the end of that saga. I don't think they mean it's the end of darkness and light. I think they keep the powers and there'll probably be three darkness powers and three light powers by the end. We've got a lot of time uh, to sort of work on that. But I think uh, this game that darkness and light have been playing uh, for millennia if you read the lore i think that sort of comes to an end and humanity is sort of freed of whatever cycle or or, or a conflict that they've been trapped in and something else happens i wonder though do they take a break do they take a year off or maybe two years to like build that and nah. the game sort of just sits as is for a while do they keep adding on to it i just have a lot of questions about what it is because it almost seems like if you say it's the end of darkness and light, but not the end of destiny Two, And then you like come out with an expansion right away. It's almost it, it sort of doesn't give, it doesn't feel like it ended. You know what I mean? I, um, it, I get it's where sort you're... Of more of a, it's sort, sort of a more of a, of more of a symbolic ending than anything else. If you just come out with something. So I, I, I like a lot of things in this. I have a lot of questions, uh, but obviously it's, it's a little too far out to start to speculate about 2024. Cause I just, I don't even know what Destiny's going to look like uh by that year um it's so far away.
0: I get where you're coming from, but it would for me, what you describe would be like Star Wars without the force, right? Like that is the core concept of what destiny is, the light, the traveler, and how that works. If we're gonna see the conclusion of the light saga, are they just going to take your powers away? It's, it's yeah. such a key tenant of the franchise. It doesn't, it's I don't sci-fi. think they would do you that. You can
2: do whatever you want. You can be like, we could kill the traveler of darkness and claim their power for our own. And then like the last line of the, the saga will be like, and now we take our own destiny. And then there's, yeah, new. yeah.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. But you will always have abilities, right? Yeah. They're not, I don't think
2: they're going to fundamentally change that, but like, to your point, like I, I agree with you, Dustin, I think they can last in destiny Two in that engine for, another saga because let's say a saga is like three expansions and let's say they don't take a break if you do that by that point you hit probably around the end of this current console generation or generation of overall power with 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 whatever because that'll be like seven eight pushing eight years i think by the by the time we get six more destiny expansions out so that would be the time like if there's a break coming where it's playstation 6 time and you know that's a thing and we didn't you know consoles aren't dying like everyone keeps saying every generation <laughs> like that that could be the time where it's like okay now we're doing destiny 3 or now we're leaving destiny 2 behind like i I don't imagine it would survive another generational leap but it could last this entire generation because we're you know we're all playing it on ps5 and series x and we're, it's great and we're having a great time and like yeah it might age you know not great compared to other games as time goes on but i think most destiny players are, are so kind of laser focused on the game that they might not care or really notice that much. And and Destiny, like looking bad and performing bad has not really been a thing on new gen consoles. So I, I have a hard time believing that would be a huge issue.
0: Yeah, I they'll just update the engine. Like that's what they'll do. And then we'll get some like visual overhaul. That would be my guess. Good topics there. Also, we talked a little bit about the 30th anniversary pack and something popped in my mind because it was on the run of show. As you know, the Microsoft thing is in a few days. What if that rumored Halo crossover is happening on that show? Because they already talked about Marathon and Bungie. Maybe they're saving the the Halo armor or something Halo related for Destiny for that showcase. That would be awesome. <laughs> I would absolutely love to have a, of, a Halo ornament.
1: Yeah, they Some did show news. a lot of Halo in that uh, trailer. But Paul, Paul burst my bubble on that earlier. Apparently, I'll,
2: I'll put yes. on my journalism hat here to just say, like that's that's not happening. Like I, I know, I know the rumored stuff was, you know, not to go back to paste but like, that was a rumored thing that was supposed to be happening once upon a time. Uh, My, my sources tell me that, well, that was something that was in Fox. It is not something that is about to be revealed like this week, or is not something that is like currently being made or produced. Like, so I don't, it, it's not impossible maybe for the future, but like if you're expecting Microsoft to show something off in like two days, that ain't happening. (laughs) Like it, I, I, you know, Destiny's a long running game and they, maybe they'll, they'll figure it out eventually. But what I'm hearing is that is not happening anytime soon.
0: Thanks for ruining my dreams.
2: Well, this is why, you know, they just did a whole presentation where it's like, here's Oni and marathon. And then there's like their halo themed armor is like there's needler spikes on like one of the shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. That's not, you know, we, we were hearing like whispers of like, oh, they're going to have Magnum. the Magnum and the Gravity yeah. Hammer. And there's a whole No, 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 no. Like, I
0: just mean like an ornament where you can look like Chief or something, you know?
2: I, yeah. I believe that may have been the initial plan, but mm. yeah, well, I, I don't think anything for sure is being announced this week, but we'll see in the
1: future.
0: Well, we barely touched on this one. Uh, there's three aspects to this. Uh, the biggest one is that Gallowhorn is back and they mentioned like tuning it and everything. I'm all for Gallahorn being back, just like like Xenophage is stupid overpowered. So you reduce the rate of fire. By the way, I used it through all the opening stuff. It still shreds. So like, bring back Gallahorn. It's time. You have stupid powerful stuff in the game already. Like, let's go. I'm excited about this. What about you two? No. <laughs> all right, Paul. Why?
2: I'm an anti-Gallahorn person. Uh, I think Gallahorn is is intimately tied to the nostalgia of Destiny One. And yet it's only done so because it was so ridiculously overtuned <laughs> for the first year of the game that it didn't make any sense to use anything else. So while it's like a nice memory and that was a fun time and we all have our good Gallowhorn memories with the drop and when Zerr sold it in week two, it doesn't really make a ton of sense for like the the weapon to come back in its current form. And like, it's not even that interesting of an exotic, like it was just a rocket launcher that did a ton of damage that had a bunch of little things that Delsa did it a ton of damage. It shoots other
1: rockets. It's a we rocket have, that shoots
2: rockets. Rockets like that already. Like I, I don't know. I I know it's achieved this kind of iconic status, but it's it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Where if they bring it back and it's underpowered, it's like why do they bother? If they bring it back and it's overpowered, then they're going to run into all the same problems and they're going to have to nerf it again anyway. It's it's like the mythic class problem. It's like it's, they, yeah. they really undercompensated for that, and now they just buffed it a million. I actually have to use that. I haven't tried it, but I have they it buffed it a million it. times. Uh, and so I, I worry about them running into the same problem with that. Um, and I, I don't know, I, you know, I'll get it. Obviously it's fine, but I'm not, a, I'm not a big Gallar person.
0: I think it's great, but I, I understand the, the emphasis, like, that's why I'm sort of at an eight, right? It's like, you already took the Gallarhorn way once and then use it as a marketing tool back and they Actually, took and all that.
1: Twice. Yeah, yeah. And now you've <laughs>
0: taken it away again and you're giving it back again. I'm just like, all right, like I already I already did this once, you know, so that's sort of like, like that wasn't that exciting. And just anytime they're like, Hey, we're bringing back an old thing we took away from you. I'm just going to like, all right, like that, that doesn't do anything for me at all right now. Because we're running this pretty like,
2: low on like useful exotics to even bring back Yeah, <laughs> from destiny. Yeah. Like they're not, they, they hated icebreaker so much. No with land beyond. Sniper ammo.
0: Necro. Necro is like one that I never could came see back. Necro,
2: mm-hmm. bunch of malice. Twilight Garrison. Mm-hmm. No land yeah. beyond, maybe Twilight Garrison, but like we're, we're getting in like the single digits of things. It makes sense to bring back at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm i not expecting this, this pattern to kind of last forever.
0: Uh, we've touched on the armor, but we didn't touch about touch on uh, the loot cave and the fact that that's where the dungeon is going to be. I didn't realize that where like all the loot after is. Yeah, I it noticed it right away. I'm like, they use the loot cave. That's so cool. I really, really enjoy that. Travis is a longtime player. What was your reaction to that?
1: Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. Like they're using it and also like retroactively, I think they're bringing back the um, the Cosmodrome was like, we were all excited about it and then their implementation was really bad and they sort of admitted that it wasn't good because they scaled back their plans to continue that way and they haven't brought back new zones since. And I think this is a way for them to retroactively make it make sense to bring the Cosmodrome back because now they're adding a activity that can only be accessed through it and it sort of makes, the Cosmodrome being in the game have some value now. <laughs> this will be like the second time I go to the Cosmodrome in, in I, I want the too.
2: I want there to be lore attached to the loot cave. Oh, I hope Because so, yeah. like, I'm picturing, I don't know if you ever played Diablo 3 to this point, but eventually they implemented, like, um you know the treasure goblins where you'd run around, you'd kill them, and yeah. they'd give you like treasure, and then they'd escape through a portal. Eventually they implemented a treasure goblin realm <laughs> where you would follow them through the portal, and it was like... <laughs> Boatloads and boatloads of loot everywhere, like treasure goblins running around. Like that's what I want with the loot cave. It's like an engram production facility or something, like buried under yeah. the cosmodrome. That would be awesome. Yeah, and would, the armor, I, the armor I, set looks sick, sick from that. By the oh, way, oh yeah,
1: I I fully expect it to just be totally like tongue in cheek and and hilarious and and, and nostalgic. And it's a comedy that, dungeon. That'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not worried about the Gallarhorn thing because, like, any other time I'd roll my eyes, but because this whole thing is about like bungee heritage, like the Gallarhorn's part of that and. Even if it I don't think it's gonna be overpowered, I think a lot of people probably aren't gonna use it just because of where rocket launchers are in general in a sandbox, but I think it putting it in the game is like a nod to D1. And then they've got stuff for other games that they've done. And and I think that it's gonna be a, a really fun, stupid uh, event that I'm gonna play the heck out of. So uh yeah, I I um I, I think this is great. I really hope Master Rahul is involved. Uh, in the dungeon, I feel like he yeah. has to, right? Because yeah, that's his. He narrates the, the whole the thing. Dungeon. Yeah, a million <laughs> yeah, deaths right. are not enough. He's the boss. He's the boss. I just found oh, yeah, out that so. was a quote from
2: Dune. I didn't realize that. I just read Dune. I'm like, oh, there's the million deaths quote. <laughs> like an idiot. <laughs> uh,
0: The final segment we have is Bungie, please, and I'm I would forgot. really, really like to. I have a really, really good one for this episode. Uh, it tra-
1: survived.
0: Yeah. So here's the part that I want Bungie to really listen to Bungie, please stop spoiling stuff in the trailer. The week before the content comes out, you spoiled Cade's death. You spoiled the queen actually being back and return. And I just stop doing that. I want to experience that when I sign on into the game, do you know how much hype would be around those events happening and how much conversation would be around it instead of like, the conversation happening during the trailer, I don't want it to be revealed that way. I want to experience it and then talk about it after I've experienced it. I don't like that they reveal it in the trailers. And that's my bungee, please. Do you got one, Travis?
1: It's a good bungee, please. Yeah, my bungee, please is, um, is uh, I love all the stuff you're doing, Bungie, but Bungie please, can you give us some of the stuff you already said you were going to give us a really <laughs> long time ago? Like, ex- for example, catalysts on exotic weapons that don't have them dude chaperone needs an exotic catalyst that's like part of the meta in a big way now that uh shotguns got a nerf and precision shotguns are are really dominant and uh it doesn't have one and there's just i i just we just need that one to be taken care of with all the stuff you've added to the game like that's a big one that we still don't have addressed uh so that's my bungee please is can we can we finish the catalyst thing before we start <laughs> introducing it needs to be fixed before witch queen that's my feeling on it like every weapon needs to have a catalyst before screen every exotic. Didn't they say they were
2: going to do something to, like, make exotics able to they, drop orbs and stuff? They, they, said,
1: they're, they said they're going to do an in-between uh, of giving yeah, people... Yeah, but that wasn't mentioned in people. the patch notes or anything, so... It wasn't mentioned in the patch notes, and also it's a retraction on a promise they made in the past that eventually they would all have them. So it's, like, them kind of, like, Dialing that back, and I'm just like, it needs to be in the game. Never Honestly, <laughs> I, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I if, if they could just do the orbs thing before Witch Queen, I'd be happy. But yeah, that's that's my one. Is can we can we fi- can we finish some of the stuff we know needs to happen before Witch Queen, please? That's my. Um,
0: one. Paul, what do you? I
1: guess get?
2: I, I have two, but I'll just I'll, my one is really brief. Like Transvog needs to be free. I, I, I <laughs> don't like this experiment. <laughs> yeah. There's too many monetization things. I get that you wanted to try it. It should be free. Uh, my other thing is, I think we need a better. Not just like more vault space, we can always ask for more vault space, which we really should get more vault space now. That wasn't mentioned, but um, a better system for kind of Umbral, Prime, Bright, Engram, Wild Drop Management, because it is all crammed into these 10 slots now, where like I am finding so often that like I have everything just being sent to the Postmaster, like Primes and Umbrals and stuff. And when that's full, like you can't even pick up like Wild Exotics or some Wild Legendaries you can't pick up or like. Sometimes enhancement cores are affected by that. It's a really weird, cumbersome system that ever since kind of umbrals were brought back and, and started dropping a lot more, I'm, I'm finding it very annoying to wrestle with all the time. So I just, there's got to be a better kind of way to manage that. And the, the current system is just like many item management systems in Destiny, very annoying right now. And I hope they kind of look into that.
0: Huge, huge! Agree on that one. Actually, like, fix the collection system. More vault space. You know, I'll, I'll stick with the Destin memes. That's fine. <laughs>
1: yeah. the, hey, co- it, the collections thing is bigger than the vault space for me. Like mm-hmm. the fact that they still haven't made that a useful system. Except, maybe, for I mean, maybe that out.
2: could change with weapon crafting. Like, maybe that is integrated. Maybe. With weapon crafting. Maybe. that would be actually a very good That's use of it. But mm-hmm. we'll see.
1: Anything um, in your collection you can use as a base to craft that would be, yeah, you know, would be, be great. great.
0: It has been uh, really awesome catching up with both of you and just sort of talking about the Destiny reveal. Uh, I'm really glad that we were able to bring Fireteam Chat back for these sort of special episodes. I like this a lot more than having to cram <laughs> like as much as we can into a 22-minute episode. And it, it feels more natural and exciting. So thank you both for joining me to do this today.
2: Thank you. This is a blast, as ever.
0: Always happy to be here with you guys. Travis, what you, what are you been up to? Like, where can people find your stuff?
1: Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TyGuyTravis. Uh, you can read my reviews and previews on IGN.com. Uh, this week, I'm reviewing a uh, a uh, expansion for that Shark game, A Man Eater. Uh, <laughs> so I'll have I'll have that up uh, next week. Uh, that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then you can also uh, watch me weekly in a different Destiny show, uh, The Last Word, uh, that that you can find on uh, Twitter and uh youtube and uh then also I, I do a show sunday mornings that's just general uh, games industry stuff now uh called bitcast with some uh people i met through the industry so doing a lot of stuff these days but i though there's always going to be a hole in my heart for fireteam <laughs> chat and i'm always glad to come back and hang out with y'all so
0: thank Great. you
1: paul are you still at forbes yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure you're still doing the articles over there. i'm just joking around i know you're at forbes still yeah. uh, what else yeah. you have to do so,
2: Still doing articles there, so you can you can Google Google Destiny and those will come up. Uh, I am doing YouTube daily, except for this week where I'm leaving and can't do that many videos. But uh, I'm doing almost daily videos on Destiny, sometimes Cyberpunk and Genshin Impact and Outriders and anything with loot in it, essentially. Uh, and then um, I have I don't know, just Apple on Twitter. I've got some books on Amazon you can read if you want to, and I don't
0: know, I'm around. <laughs> Awesome. Well, it's great. Great to hang out with you guys again. I really appreciate it. That's all we have for this episode. I am going to be doing an interview with Bungie. So keep an eye out for that on IGN also. But that's it for this episode, everybody. So until next time, Guardians Guardians
1: out.